so far. Down the back straight away. The crowd explodes, but Kenny takes the lead. Oh, baby. Now join Michael Rigsby from the Dirt on Dirt studio for Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. greatest sports week of the entire year so we thought we'd take some of the best buzzer beaters if you will from the dirt late model world and set them to the cbs ncaa tournament theme song and turn i don't know about you but that flowed really it was like the titanic music they put yeah. to videos that flowed pretty well a shout out to our video editor Derek kessinger on that very well done d swab that was excellent this is kaiser manufacturing's late model live for tuesday night march 13th and i'm I'm a little bit torn this week. On one hand, as a crazy sports fan, specifically college basketball, I am over the moon beyond excited that the tournament starts on Thursday. Now, on the other hand, Mother Nature dealt the Dirt Late Model World a swift kick in the ass last weekend with Smoky Mountain, Florence, Duck River, Dixie, Carolina, all raining or weathering out in some capacity and really never having a chance the entire week. Later in the show, we're going to dive heavily into some springtime rainout statistics, some of which I honestly think will blow you away. I think we all know that these races in March and April, especially March, are a little bit of a risk. But when you hear these stats, you'll be shocked, I think, at some of the numbers. That's coming up in our pay attention segment, risk versus reward on springtime shows. Speaking of, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series is back this weekend in one of those March races I talked about. Atomic on Friday, Brownstown for the Icebreaker on Saturday, both 12000 to win. Now remember, all Lucas Friday and Saturday shows are $12,000 to win now. That was good work by Rick Schwally and his gang. We will go in-depth with Eddie Carrier Jr. and Hudson O'Neill on everything from track conditions to predicting this Lucas Oil title chase now that the dust has sort of, I guess, settled from speed weeks. We've also geared our Twitter question this week to keep with that spring weather and spring racing theme. I want to know how dedicated are you as a fan? How fair weather are you as a fan? If it's cold, if it's wet, if it's damp, if it's freezing, are you willing to sit out in the elements to watch a big-time dirt late model race? 
I want to hear the answers. I've seen some of them come in already, and uh, they're interesting, to say the least. Turn, I can tell you this. The older I get, it's become a little harder for me to weather the storm, so to speak. When I was 18, uh, I could have been 30 degrees out, 20 degrees out with a driving snowstorm, and I would not have cared. Now, eh, it's a little bit harder for me. You haven't been doing it as long as I have, but what do you think? What's your uh, maximum minimum weather restraints on sitting outside? Well, you know, it's uh, it's kind of different because I'm going to blame you for making me kind of a fair weather fan because you're taking me to these nice places like Arizona in January <laughs> and Florida in February. That so now true. I get back here and I'm freaking cold, man. I'm freaking cold. It is miserable outside in Illinois, and I, yeah. I apologize for ruining your racing experience, but it is <laughs> It is still 33 degrees outside as we're doing this show on a Tuesday night at 7.06 Central Time. It is miserable outside still in the state of Illinois. We are hoping with the Illini and the Thaw Brawl coming up to turn it around a little bit. I got I got brackets to fill out, though. I got the first four to watch tonight. Let's get it going. Here we go. Five things turn. Number one on five things. I'm not sure that the comp cams race at Springfield would have normally made this list, but when it's the only major super late model race that gets in the entire weekend, let's show it some respect. First off, look at this. Three-wide battle between Raymond Merrill, Peyton Looney, and B.J. Robinson. These March races, you don't always get this with the tracks that have experienced snow and cold weather, but Springfield was on point this weekend. B.J. Robinson got the best of that exchange. And then just past halfway, Jack Sullivan gets a great restart and whisks around the one car on the top. He would handle it the rest of the way, despite Gavin Landers got a little frisky late in the race, but it was really Jack's to lose. Now, this was Sullivan's first race of the year that he ran in, and after another successful stint as a crew guy during speed weeks, he put the wrench down, picked the wheel up, and got a very nice opening win. Well, it's a lot less work being a driver than it is a crew guy. <laughs> no, it's always good to win. Especially the uh, uh, first night, I guess. But it, well, anyway, they're all crown jewels to me. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, as soon as you win one, it, it's always good, good just get a win because it seems like you sit around and worry about winning, and then now that you won one, you got that out of the way, and you ain't really worried about all that, and just concentrate on racing. Turn that translates to Jack was excited. He's won three straight comps cam, comp cams titles. He starts this year off with a win. He's a virtual lock to win that series title again this year. Number two on five things. To say that it's been an interesting seven months for G.R. Smith would be an understatement. Rewind to August. He steps out of driving. Jonathan Davenport comes in and wins things like, you know, the World 100. This year, J.D. leaves, and it's Brian Shirley who will pilot the 22 car of the World of Outlaws Tour. That team came to Speed Weeks with high hopes, but it didn't work out at all, and they disbanded before Volusia was over, but no hard feelings. Now it's March, and GR said, enough of this owner thing. I'm going back behind the wheel and going to be a racer again. I talked to him yesterday and asked him, what exactly does the future hold for you? Racer, owner, where are we headed, GR? Honestly, I don't don't really have the answer to that question. <laughs> I know that I, uh, I learned a lot there from... Uh, Jonathan Davenport, and um, he's a hell of a racer. There's a reason why he's uh, the number one driver in the country right now. But, um, you know, just sitting back and being able to, to just see how he prepares and, and and see what he does, I think, you know, will, um, you know, it's got to help you to some aspect, right? I mean, it's like it's like being an understudy there, and I, I think that's something I needed 
um, to take the next step. Do you think, do you foresee yourself as an owner again one day? I mean, you've, you've now got one of the most coveted sets of equipment in the sport, too. Is that a possibility again? Um, with the right, you know, with the right driver, I mean, I, I don't know how, you know, you know, how much longer I'd want to drive. Um, right now, I, I've missed it, so it was the logical decision. I mean, we're trying to trying to find that right piece and you know finally i was sitting down with my family and my wife and they're like well you know why don't you just do it you know (laughs) the michael rigsby prediction is this we're going to see him drive some but at some point somebody is going to drive that 22 49 whatever car it is again and we know it's capable of winning stay tuned i think somebody's going to be in that car number three a race that might be sliding under the radar a bit this year that i want to shine some light on because it's unique is the first ever keystone cup at the historic bedford fairground speedway september 28th and 29th Fifteen thousand to win the largest paying race in the history of big old bedford and where it gets unique and catches my eye is that there are three qualifiers for this event where three different guys get locked in first up the overall winner, here it is, of the Tri-Track Challenge, the miniseries at Bedford, Port Royal, and Williams Grove between June 1st and 2nd and the 8th. The winner of that miniseries gets locked in. The winner of the race at Georgetown on July 20th gets locked in. And the winner of the race at Tyler County on July 28th gets locked in. Now, it's worth noting, Tyler County is three hours from Bedford. Georgetown is four hours from Bedford. I just found it fascinating that these promoters from different places and different walks of life could come together and come up with a very neat idea. Race promoter Joe Padula from Bedford thought so too. Well, when we put together this race, uh, you know, the biggest thing with it is kind of to support our regional uh, late model guys. And we have, you know, we have a huge group of guys who who race all, all through these tracks in this area. And, you know, we wanted to do a race that... Uh, they could look forward to at the end of the year and and um, and benefited them. So I wanted to uh, do some qualifying races that kind of spread spread it around through the area. And we have uh, uh, we get along with uh, most of the tracks around here. And I wanted to tie in geographic balance to try to get a track say east of us, a track close to us, and a track west to us. You know, so that everybody. Uh, could kind of participate. So basically, our guys that travel throughout the tracks in this area have three opportunities to, uh, you know, to become guaranteed qualified to our race. So hopefully it's something that gives a little back to them, and um, it's, it's a fun thing we can do with, uh, with our neighbors. I've always said that tracks not working together will ultimately be the downfall of the sport. Perhaps people are actually... Turn, people are listening to me! Because this is an awesome example. Number four, one of the things I get asked a lot by hardcore Dirt Late Model fans, and I love this question, is, hey, Rigsby, what under-the-radar events would you go to? Meaning not the world, not the dream, not the north-south, not the show-me, but what off-the-grid non-major touring events or non-crown jewels would you attend? And we set the schedule in February and March, so I've been combing through it, so I thought this was a good time to give those answers First up, I have always loved the Slocum 50 at 34 Raceway. This year it's sanctioned by MLRA, $10,555 to win a great memorial race in a neat early season Midwestern event. You never know who's going to show up, and racing at 34 is always awesome. 
Two years ago, this was one of our top five races in the country, and it rarely disappoints the Gumbo Nationals at Greenville in the fall. This place has guys up on the wall. It's got guys throwing sliders. It can be slick. It can be wet. It doesn't get the love that it should. The Gumbo Nationals, always a fun time at Greenville. Let's stick in the great state of Mississippi. I make the argument all the time that why not Motorsports Park? Is one of the best tracks in the country, and its fall classic in October is always awesome. Two and three wide racing, a totally random field shows up at this place in the fall. You never know who's going to be there. Why not in the fall classic? 15,000 to win is badass. And one more, and we lost it this past weekend. I love the spring 50 at Florence. Who will show up? How will the Kentucky weather affect the racetrack? And as I always say, Florence is in the geographic epicenter of the late model universe, so it can draw drivers from everywhere. It is a shame that we lost it, but we did get it rescheduled. We just lost it this past weekend. Turn finally number five. I'm pretty excited about a project. Look at this turn. Look at Andy and Todd. <laughs> Love it. That our own Andy Savory is spearheading. We all know he's a stats guru and provides me a lot of the numbers I use on this show. Right now he's diving in hard, digging through tons of historical data on car counts to bring us a great perspective on where we are as a sport. You will not only hear some of those numbers here over the next few months, but they will be detailed heavily in Todd Turner's quick time that is released every Wednesday. I wanted to give you a few examples of what you're going to see. Now, turn. let's take a look at the first one. 2018 year to date. These are the 33 races ran through February, not including all the rainouts in March. 33 races, average car count of 40. So that's solid. Totals winners purse 204, average winners purse $6,193. Turn, don't forget the 94 cents. Now, look at this one, too. Summer Nationals over the last four years. So we've done this for every series, people, every single series. We're just breaking this out for one. Summer Nationals 2014 through 2017, 96 total events with an average car count of 33, so very solid. Totals winners purses well north of 600000 and the average winners purse for the Summer Nationals, $6,600.25. Turn. Don't forget those cents. Those are important. You're going to see a lot of that coming up in quick time the next couple months. I think it is fantastic. Andy has been locked in the bunker, Turn. That was five things. Andy's been locked in the bunker generating all this content. Uh, his eyes are red. His eyes are bloodshot. He's, he's barely been out of it. Am I, tra- am I working him too hard, you think? Boy, I mean, compared to Derek, maybe. <laughs> well, anybody compared to Derek. I mean, Derek's, Derek sits back over there on Easy Street yeah, the whole day. Yeah, that's true. I, we should do this show sometimes live when Derek is actually back there listening to his YouTube mixes that he's listening to working on Suave Talk. Yeah, I mean, Pitbull and... I mean, yes, and we'll oh, never boy. hear the end of it that is Mark Richards' suave talk actually outviewed barely, 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 barely. late model. Oh, first time in history it's ever yeah. happened, by the way. It took the godfather, Mark Richards, for that to happen. Turn a quick story for me before we get to pay attention. I've said this many times on this show. My family raised me at a racetrack, and we traveled. We didn't just make our homes in Farmer City and Fairbury, but we went to West Plains and Florence and Eldora and Dixie and West Virginia Motor Speedway. We went everywhere. And quite frankly, it did not matter what the weather was. We were going. It could be freezing. It could be snowing. It could be cold. My family, we did not care. We were going to go to these events. So this week for Pay Attention, and I have to credit Derek Kessinger for this, we thought let's dive into this weather thing a little bit more, especially as it pertains to spring events, and specifically what it's like to be a promoter on an event like this. We know what it's like to be a fan. Fans have a choice, but a promoter, just how hard is it when that week-long weather forecast is calling for iffy weather at best? What is it like to be in a promoter's shoes? We're going to find out tonight on Pay Attention. 
Here are the stats that I was referring to earlier that are just kind of shocking to me, honestly. Over the past five years, get ready for this. Over the past five years, 61%, 61% of races scheduled for the second weekend of March have been called due to weather, be it snow or rain or whatever. Also, March as a whole, get this, less than 50% of the actual races scheduled get completed. The moral of the story is, turn, it is a coin flip at best. So why schedule them? We're about to find out. On the Integra Shocks and Springs hotline are two promoters that are often affected more than anyone by this crappy March weather, as much as I hate to say it, and I love them, love them both to death. Casey Moses of Smoky Mountain and my good friend Josh King of Florence. Josh, we got to go ladies first, of course. Casey, I'm going to start with you. Last year, you guys had the snow out. Turn, I have to show the pictures. There it is. It's so mind-boggling to me, the snow out at Smoky Mountain. This year, you had to cancel the World of Outlaws event this past weekend with just a horrible forecast. But I want you to answer it. If this keeps happening, Casey, why do promoters start this early? I know the answer to this question. I know what you're going to say. We've talked about it. But I want you to lay it out for the fans. If this is a coin flip, Casey Moses, why do you do these March races? Well, my dad, uh, one of the one of the actual owners of Smoky Mountain Speedway, like you said earlier, the bigger the risk, the better the reward. <laughs> and uh, this is one of the biggest weekends of risk I could ever imagine. Um, we're up against a hundred and twenty thousand dollar purse alone, not to mention track expenses. Um, but like you said, why do we do it? It's it's just because simply it's the only weekend that you can get the clash of the Lucas Oil Series and the World of Outlaw Series together at one track for one weekend event. Um, they've come off of practice at Speed Weeks and, you know, had a good time in Florida. And Florida in February is simply too early for a race at Smoky Mountain or in Tennessee anywhere. Um, obviously, you can't go that early. So March is really <laughs> the earliest weekend you can consider it. Um, but, you know, like you're talking about, they're coming off of Florida, uh, you literally have a couple of weeks, I think it's a week and a half after they raced at uh, Ocala and Volusia Speedway, I think was the 17th. Uh, and, and it can be a killer weekend, I mean, just for everybody involved. Um, it, it really, for us, I know, and I'm sure Josh can talk about this too, I mean, it starts our whole season off, especially with us having less than 10 weekends scheduled for events this year. Right. Um, if we could really have kicked this weekend off, had a good event, and it's not even a monetary value so much as just a, having it, having a, a killer car count, killer fan count, and just having a good weekend to start the year off. Josh, you lost the Spring 50 this past weekend. You've lost, you, I mean, you and I have, I don't know how many times you and I have texted during a weather-related Florence week. You've lost the Spring 50 many every. times. <laughs> every. You've lost it many times <laughs> the past decade. But for you, Josh, expand on what Casey said a little bit about it is a risk, but why are these spring races so important on the other end of the rainbow? I mean, this time of year, and I mean, we've got a little bit more up here we're, I mean, we're a little bit farther from Florida and Georgia where racing's been going on for, you know, a month and a half, two months already. But around here, if you can get that first race of the season in, it, it's such a it's such a big deal because everybody's got cabin fever. Everybody wants to get out. Everybody wants to go racing. And if you and it's one of them, if you can get that that seventy degree mark weekend, it's it's a home run. Um, you it, you can do you can do almost better on one of these weekend on one of those types of weekends than you you would on a midsummer, you know, big like Lucas show or something like that, just because people are so hungry, there's no racing going on. Um, but the flip side of course is, you know, when you, you, you wake up on, you know, the previous Saturday and the 10 or the seven day forecast, <laughs> the high is you know, for the whole week is 40 degrees. And 
the low is in the 20s. It's just kind of one of them, well, not this year. Right. Well, and that's the thing, Josh. We all have radar in our pockets now. We all have constant weather updates on our phone. So more than ever, forecasting, I think, is it gets worse every year, can keep fans away or affect an event. As much as rain or snow on the actual day can affect it, I think the forecast can affect it. Casey, describe what it's like. And I want you to truly describe what it's like on a Tuesday the week of a race when the forecast is for 47 degrees and a 50 to 60 percent chance of rain what is casey moses going through at that point oh my gosh we (laughs) on monday tuesday the weekend prior we start looking at it and we try to not focus on it until that tuesday prior but uh you're looking at it like the forecast we had this past weekend and like josh mentioned i mean it's just you're like, what do you do? I mean, <laughs> you try to you try to chance it and think, okay, it's going to get better. Let's continue on. We can get this thing in. Um, and that was our thought. We're like, we probably can do it. I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to be a tremendous amount of rain. I mean, we're downloading AccuWeather, looking at the percentages and, and seeing when it's going to hit and how much. Um, and it's just, I mean, it takes up our whole week just looking at the stats of what it could be. Um, <laughs> Josh. And, and, you know, and you look at an example like last week or right. the last year we had, uh, we took, we had it and it's just, and then you got the snow. <laughs> You're like, okay, we'll stick it out. And then the famous snow, you have the, at least you have a famous yeah. photo case. You have a famous dirt <laughs> exactly. track photo. Now, Josh, same question to you. And I kind of know the answer because you and I are friends. It's Tuesday. The forecast is horrible, especially in these spring races. What is Josh King doing? Uh, screwing around the internet or something like that <laughs> just uh i mean with with our i mean the spring 50 is a big deal for us but it's it's not as on the same level as doing it like an outlaws or lucas race this time right. of year there's a lot bigger a lot a lot more on the line for that for an mm-hmm. event like that so i mean it's there's not as much pressure to get it in as a as when you get you know a sanctioned body you're dealing with so it's, it's one of those i mean early last week we were we were pretty sure yeah. we weren't even going to try it i mean the forecast, it might have got better, but it wasn't going to get better enough to make it worthwhile. So, it, I mean, it it wasn't that much pressure. Now, if I have that same forecast in May or August, then I'm, I'm going to be shooting myself. <laughs> but, you know, this time of year, these events for us, I mean, yeah, like I said, they're big. They can be huge. They can be, you know, they can set your entire season up. But losing them, I mean, we, we schedule these early if you plan on, if you can get the good weather. But for us, I mean, it's not a, it's not a complete season record if we don't get it in. Speaking of money, and I don't want to get into the money of what you will make if you run the show, but Josh, first for you, if you cancel on a Tuesday or Wednesday, I don't think people appreciate this. That can still cost you money between advertising and getting the facility open and stuff. How much can it cost you sometimes? I think people really underestimate that can be expensive still canceling early, can it? Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, it's not as bad as having to wait till like race day to cancel. Sure. That's, that's much worse. But yeah, you still got. I mean, you still got advertising. But you still got things that are already in motion. Um, we, you still. I mean, it's one of those orders have. Typically, you have to have an order in Monday for for you know Wednesday or Thursday delivery. So you got to get you got to get stock in unless you've already decided Monday you're canceling. So all that's coming into. I mean, usually you know you got thirty days to pay that, but still that's you know that's one less week that you're going to have income to to pay that. So. Yeah, there's there's a lot more. There's still a lot of expenses involved, whether you race or not. Casey, what about you? Do you can you put a dollar value on that? Like a Monday Tuesday cancellation, it can it can cost you several thousand, can it? It can definitely. I mean, we're looking at. I mean, I'm making phone calls on you know Wednesday morning trying to cancel our food, you know, our food vendors and advertising, and we had advertising starting. I think it was on Tuesday. Um, and so we had to run some of it and we had to call the radio stations and, and, you know, say, Hey, put a hold on that. And even after we'd canceled, we forgot some of them and had to call them back and they were still running. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to say the least, going through the winter months, just trying to make ends meet to get through your winter, bills still come, you have no income. So you're already in the hole, um, you know, just to start the season with. And, and then you're paying for stuff to promote banners. I mean, we spent tons on flyers, banners, uh, and, and spent the time, and we spent a whole, all weekend putting up flyers the weekend prior. Um, so it's just, um, it's exhausting to say the least, uh, just all the work you put into something like that. And then you're, you know, you've got the concession bills and we don't race again until April, end of April now with the reschedule date. Yeah. So any food that we would have got, and we had to go ahead and get our Coke bill that I've got to pay. Um, but yeah, I'm in the hole just like on advertising alone. I mean, I think three or four grand now, just just on what we have uh, already put into it. For those out there, this is the glorious life of a race promoter. This is why I wanted to have these two on so we could really discuss this. Last thing for each one of you, if I told you guys right now, next year, you both of your March events, because I know you're going to have March events again, the forecast would be 65 to 67 with no chance of rain. What would the two of you be willing to do? Josh, you first. <laughs> uh I would pay you whatever I need to do to keep that a secret so the other promoters don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Casey had like a sinister laugh when you said that. That's, that's yeah, totally what I would do. <laughs> so they have the same answer turn. They, they immediately turn their back on their fellow promoter is what the answer is. Come on, you two. I expect better out of the two of you than that. I mean, it's, I mean yeah, absolutely. I mean, I... I would I would definitely give you a healthy cut of it. I mean, like I said, that's a season setter up there. There, I mean, sixty five and sunny on a on a Saturday in March. You can't, you can't literally buy that. But if you got it for sale, no. let me know. Casey, when you come to the North South this year, Casey, you can run him over with your car. Okay, so oh, the- yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> the moral of the story if, is if it's going to be. Go it's ahead. gonna be forty degrees and snow, and it's the north south. You can run me over. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna end you'll, it on. You'll want it to happen. We're gonna end it on that. The moral of the story is they are risky, but if you hit them right, guys, spring dirt late model events, especially in March, have the potential to make or break an entire fiscal year for a racetrack, and that's why they're on the schedule. Casey and Josh, I got some great stuff out of you. You're hitting each other with cars. I appreciate both of you. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the year, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. I want to turn. I mean, they're hitting each other with cars. I mean, oh my. I had no idea that my good friend Josh King was willing uh, to be run over with a car. But I've seen him at the North South, so I believe it. I want to know, Dirt Late Model Nation, how committed are you? If the weather is iffy, especially if it's cold, how friggin' hardcore are you? That's the Twitter question tonight. How much of a fair weather racing fan are you when it comes to adverse weather? Hashtag Late Model Live at Dirt on Dirt. Get it in right now. Are you willing to go to a race if it's crappy? I'm interested in this. We will find out after the break. You're watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. Marie up there is just uh, is a great person to talk to. They're always real easy. Uh, you need something to get it right out. And uh, I just my program wouldn't be nearly where it's at without support like FK Rod ends. Everything on our car is you know the best in the business, and they're on there for a reason. And we just have such you know good relationships with Maria and them there, and and the products you know the best in the business, and that's why we run them. Richards in a backup car comes to the tail to win the United Golden Isles. I have no idea, but it looks like Shepard won. Shepard on the transponder won the race. 
Superman does it. Jonathan Davenport wins at East Bay. He's holding on for dear life, and he's going to get the win here tonight. Bronson by half a car away. Are you kidding me, Wentz? The voodoo child goes to victory lane. Shepard will lead his flock to the promised land. He'll win at Volusia. win here at Clarksville it goes to Levi Kissinger it'll be a drag race down the back straightaway James up top Weber to the bottom Scott Weber to win the summer nationals you gotta be kidding me come on now come on I mean dirt on dirt's interviewing me right now you got to be kidding me <laughs> Matches the music there yeah, a little bit. God, like I'm it. a good dancer. We, we saw the buzzer beaters in the open. That was a look at the top Cinderella's of Dirt Late Model Racing, the guys that have pulled off upsets over the year. Highlighted by my all-timer, classic, Scott Weber winning the Summer Nationals race at Tri-State, and somebody saying to me afterwards, that guy was lapped, right? I will never forget that. <laughs> Turn, I could listen to that music all day long. I posed the question before the break. How dedicated are you as a Dirt Late Model fan when the weather is bad? How bad do you want it to sit in the inclement weather, to sit in the conditions? 
Here is what our fans had to say. I'm going to take a couple turn. You take a couple. Josh Weinrich says, it helps to have nice weather, but if there's a big field of good cars, I am there. I go to the racetrack for the racing and the competition, not because it's nice outside. So that guy's doing it no matter what. What do we got next? Scott McBride says, weekly show, I stay home. Two or 3,000, I'll pray for a makeup date. Lucas, a World of Outlaws show, I'll volunteer to pack the track with my pickup. We are racing, damn it. So there's another one that's uh, going no matter what turn. You take the next one. All right, next one is gone fishing, golfing, working. I like his handle. I like like his handle, yeah. Fairweather fans don't go to the winter freeze. I love it. Yeah, he's he's talking about the Screvin winter freeze. Still the coldest event I've ever been to. What else, turn? We have, uh, oh, you take a stab at this last name. I'll say Herchko. Herchko. Drew Herchko. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, It it would take a natural disaster standing in my way to miss a race (laughs) I had planned on going to. These people are, uh, they're dedicated. Okay, what else we got here? We got uh, Brittany Hatney Fox says, I've been to a race when it was snowing. I've driven two or three hours to the track with a 40 to 70% chance of rain just to be there for an hour before the track calls it. But until it's called, it's race day in my book, and I'm there no matter what. Man, these, these, I must be getting old, man, because these people are willing to do it. Turn, we got a couple more? Yeah, two more. Oh, our own Ryan Bowling. Location, location, location. The South has some of the most dedicated race fans I've ever seen. They'll layer up in Carhartts. I, I don't know if he spelled that right. And break out the propane heaters for any 2,000-win show within three hours of home. The Midwest, and eh, he's calling us out, Turn. Yeah, I mean. He's saying we're weak up here, and you handle the last one. This one's probably my favorite. <laughs> With the picture, need I say more? <laughs> George Seifert says, need I say more? Uh, if you're listening and not watching, uh, hoodie, goggles, mask, jacket, blanket. I'm assuming there's a propane heater there somewhere. Uh, so, Turn, what do you take away from that? Uh, we got some hardcore fans. We have some hardcore fans is the answer. These people might be a little a little batty, but uh, they, they love late model racing, and I love that. With all the rainouts this past weekend, it didn't make much sense to do a JRI Shocks Top 25 as there was not enough events to make it worth it. So, Turn, what do we do? Next week, we we'll stamped it. We'll be back next week. The JRI Shocks Top 25 will return next week. Well, we were supposed to have our first post-Speed Weeks national tour race last weekend when the Outlaws went to Smoky Mountain. But as Casey Moses told us, a dreadful weather forecast wiped that one from the slate. So that honor now goes to Lucas Oil when they take their star-studded roster to Atomic and Brownstown Friday and Saturday. And much like Smoky Mountain would have been last week with Lucas off, These events this weekend with the Outlaws off and where they're at geographically, right in the heart of Ohio and Indiana, these fields should be really good this weekend. There's a reason that Brad McCown and Jim Price get packed crowds for these races. As long as the weather is good, they will again. We start our previews with a guy that will only run Friday night at Atomic, a multiple winner at one of his favorite tracks, a multiple-time winner there. And on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is Salt Rock, West Virginia's Eddie Carrier Jr. Eddie, you were supposed to run Florence this past weekend, but with that rained out, this will be your first race of the year. Do you kind of wish you weren't coming out of the gate against the best guys in the country? Do you wish you had a little bit more lead-up time against these dudes that have already run 15 times? Yeah, I would like to at least get uh, <laughs> one show in at least, but uh, that's the way it works out. and We're hoping to be ready for Friday because we've got some little issues going on i'm not going to call nobody out but uh we got some issues going on and we're hoping that we can make it there i'm feeling it you're going to be there i can feel it it's all going to work itself out it's going to can you trust me 
I trust you. <laughs> when you're about to face these guys, and this Lucas roster in particular this year, not to mention the outlaw guys like Devin Moran and Brandon Shepard that are going to be there, when you're about to face them, What's most challenging about it, Eddie? In college basketball, an underdog team will always say, hey, their size and their length gets to us. For a guy like you that doesn't travel all the time anymore, what is most challenging? And maybe it is not racing so far, but what is most challenging about going into a weekend like this? Uh, the challenging part probably is uh, probably is just, I don't know, getting in the show. Yeah, I feel like that is probably the hardest thing as far as qualifying and the heat races can be probably, I don't want to say it is, but but winning one of those races is probably a little easier, is easier winning than making the show. It seems like if you can get in the show, then you can kind of like settle down and race. It's like when you're qualifying and heat racing, you're just, it's just all you can, you know, everybody's just flat out, and it's kind of like throw the driving part out the window and just hope you got your car right to where you can just run it as hard as you can for 10, 12 laps, whatever the heat race is. And then it's like when you get in the show, you can kind of set a pace every now and then. The track at Atomic, and I know you love that place, and are, I should say have fared well there. It can be tricky. You know that as much as anybody else with everything that's happened to you there over the years. It also can be supersonic fast in March with all the rain and the weather. What do you expect Atomic to be like this weekend? Uh, I, with the way the wet, the winter that we had, and then we've had a lot of rain here, you know, a lot of flooding around here for the last month. Yeah. I'm just hoping, that, you know, it's so hard to get a track where it needs to be for spring, like, you know, in March, because... It's like you don't have enough days yeah. to keep turning and turning the track and letting it dry. And I'm just, you know, that it's always soft because we, well, I think our ground froze like 18, 19 inches deep this winter. Wow. So when that thaws, you know, it's it's soft that deep. So, you know, you got to turn that track and turn it. And it's just like they need a week of good weather to where they can just turn it and dry it. And I'd say it's probably going to get rough. Probably going to be uh, maybe a little bit of survival, but, you know, hopefully they we can be there and hopefully they can get it in. You know, you've settled into this Jake Keaton racing team nicely the last couple of years. The Eddie Carrier Jr. fans are always lobbying for me to get you ranked higher in the top 25. You, you've got a vocal fan base in that way. So overall, this this partnership with Jake uh, Keaton Racing has been pretty successful. Do you ever see a day, though, Eddie, where you go back out on the road chasing national points again or even not that but you're racing 70 times again or are those days over for eddie carrier jr well with uh the way that this team is set up i mean they want to race like we race you know regionally i mean i didn't get the i don't feel like i got enough races in last year but you know it was kind of a kind of a rebuilding year for me and a rebuilding year for them because you know they was trying to get used to me and you know they had just raced like kind of a local level and it kind of takes a little bit different uh equipment and preparation when you go to race even like the regional racing we do now you got to have a little bit you know more equipment and be a little bit prepared more better prepared and as far as going out on the road with them i don't see that happening because they like racing 
the way we race to where they can be at the races and everything. But, I mean, I would, you know, I loved being on the road racing. though it's a lot of travel and a lot of time away from home. But I just, you know, I just, I guess I just like the atmosphere and the friendships and stuff you make. It's kind of like a extended family, and you kind of miss that. But uh, I don't miss the traveling. Last question. Well, not last question. I have two because I found out you're a This Is Us fan on NBC, and we have to talk about that. The last question. Let's put the, put this to bed for once and once and for all. You're always a little bit hard on me when I'm at the track. Your wife Jamie, awesome to me. Huge hug. Gives me a nice hug. Why do you do you give me such a hard time because Jamie's so nice to me, and you feel like you've got to balance it out a little bit? Is is that why it is? Well, I don't want you to get too comfortable with me. <laughs> Uh, I kind of—I'll accept that. I gotta keep you on the edge. That's fair enough. I will accept that answer. By the way, we got to talk about this before you go. This is us. You said, "Hey, Rigsby, we got to be done because this is us season finale tonight." My wife and I sit there every Tuesday and ball our eyes out watching. This is us. Are you a crier, Eddie Carrier? Do you cry? Be honest when you watch it. No, I'm not a cry. You don't cry. I cry. Never makes you cry. No, I'm not a cry. Man, he is so much tougher than me. Turn. I mean, Agreed. I'm weeping openly when I watch This Is Us. What about See, Jamie? I'm, I'm a Jack. See, I'm I'm Jack. I mean, you are. You know, he, he's the you know the perfect husband. So you can just ask my <laughs> wife about you know that. We are gonna, I, and I'm Randall. I'm a weeper. Listen to the perfect husband. I'm gonna corner Jamie on that. Lucas Oil is at Atomic on Friday night. Twelve thousand dollars to win. It's gonna be an amazing field and a great race. Eddie Carrier Jr. Top ten turn. Book it. He's in the top 10 Friday night you can book it. Eddie, thanks for joining us, man. Good luck this weekend, okay? All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem, buddy. He's a jack. I love that. Eddie Carrier Jr. may only be running one of the nights this weekend, but Hudson O'Neill will be at both Atomic. And Saturday night at the Jackson County Fairgrounds of Brownstown for the Indiana Icebreaker, Huddy joins me now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline. Hudson, I know you love Eldora, and I know you love these other places, but do big races at Brownstown just mean a little more to Hudson O'Neill, given your family history and you being an Indiana kid? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, uh, it's definitely got a lot of history of our family and uh, everything. And, you know, it's my hometown crowd. I raced there weekly for uh, for a couple of years, so it's just uh, really exciting to finally be back home and um, you know, to be back home uh, right after Speed Weeks is even better. So you got a little bit of a refresher before you go, uh, you know, back out and travel. And if we get to race this weekend, um, you know, I'm going to cuss you a little bit and say rain. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it just uh, it sucks that the, the weather ain't looking up. But hopefully uh, we'll get two shows in this weekend. Yeah, he, he had to go there, Turn. He had this. This is See, it's his youth. He's, he's a little bit young yet. He forgets. You can't just come out and say it like that. So, Hudson, what's <laughs> what's your favorite thing about Brownstown? Just get, off the cuff, what is your favorite thing about racing there? Um, all the support. Um, there's nothing like your hometown crowd, and I'm sure a lot of people will tell you that. Just, uh, you know, j- just the – Oh, uh, I don't know. Just the comfortability there. You walk around the pit area and you can, and, you, and just people, people, you know, just saying hi. And it's not like that anywhere else. So it's, uh, you know, it's just really, really comfortable. You get, uh, you get to be back around all the people you grew up racing with. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, like I said, just really, really, uh, fun. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not as stressful. So it's just, uh, you know, it, it kind of takes all the nerves off and you kind of just get the race like you always race. A quick atomic question. Do you feel pretty good about going there Friday night, Hudson? You know, you got 17th there last year. Wasn't exactly a great night in that spring race. How, how do you feel about Atomic Friday? Um, I'm feeling really good. Uh, we got our race cars a lot better in uh, in that condition. Um, 
hopefully like Atomic is or the way it was last year anyway. So, um, you know, we're getting better and better in the black, and hopefully we can uh, continue that and just, uh, you know, keep, continue to get better. So, um, you know, we struggled there a little bit last year. That was my first ever quick time. So, uh, you know, I, I started off the night really, really good there and then uh, struggled for the rest of the night. So, um, you know, there's a lot of good drivers that go there and a lot of people. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of people's strong racetracks. So um, if you win there, you've definitely done something, but really looking forward to going back and hopefully redeeming myself. Huddy, you started Speed Weeks out with a bang, nearly winning, probably should have won that opening night at Golden Isles, if not for that Scott Bloomquist yellow. But then the rest of Speed Weeks, it wasn't great. You only had one more top five after that opening night. Do you feel like you've turned it around? I know you haven't raced, but do you feel like you've, you've turned it around since then, all the time in the shop and all the team meetings? Is it better now and turned around to get back on track? Yes, for sure. Um, and our results really didn't show in Florida, but we, we had a really good race cars down there. And uh, we struggled at East Bay, which was, you know, a big part of Speed Week. So they just struggling there. And then we struggled a little bit of Volusia, and uh, it seemed like those one or two night racetracks that we raced that we were really, really good. Like we were really good at Ocala, and then we were, you know, decent for the the first night at um, Golden Isles, and then struggled the second night. But we just we we struggled in the track condition of just crashing. So, um, you know, I think we we tested on Sunday at Farmer City, and I think we learned a little bit. Um, you know, we're right in your backyard there, bud. That's so, right. Um, hopefully, we, hopefully we learned a little bit and can carry that over to, uh, you know, the rest of this year. Uh, we got to talk about this sprint car thing, by the way. we got to talk about it. You've, <laughs> what is it, 10? You're doing 10 sprint car races this year? How many is it? Man, I don't know. Um, it was scheduled for 10, but, uh, it, I mean, that was, that was a rough estimate. Okay. We could have done 12. We could have done 8. But uh, um, it, it's not looking so good. I'm going to run, I'm going to run probably at least three or four, but any more than that kind of looking iffy because we're, I'm getting so busy with this late model stuff and my, my team's wanting to run a lot more, which is great. You know, I'm looking forward to it, but, uh, kind of putting a hindering on my sprint car stuff. So, uh, well, good, you know, good is my answer. Good. Good is my answer. <laughs> and I'm going to cut you off. And I, the word out of Indiana is that I show video of you in the sprint car, courtesy of Ryan Bowling is that you would prefer, this is what people are telling me, honey. He would rather go sprint car racing. He wants to race a sprint car. You lay it out right now. Is that true? Would you rather race a sprint car than a late model? I would not. I, right. I love late model racing. And I'm not just saying that. All but right. But I, I would love to run sprint cars as much as I can. I, but I, I'll, I'll always stay... I'll always stay in the late model world, but I, uh, you know, I definitely enjoy it. And if I can get my 10 to 15 sprint car races in a year, I'll be happy. How is this kid so young turning? He's got such a good way of politically answering this stuff. <laughs> Hudson's way too young. He can dodge all these questions a little bit. We got sprint car people listening going, oh, no, he's coming over. He's coming. <laughs> he's coming over. The Indiana yeah. Icebreaker is Saturday night for 12000 to win at the famous Jackson County Fairgrounds. Let's hope that weather gets better and better, as Hudson said. If you can hear me, get to Brownstown on Saturday night. You need to check it out. Hudson, we appreciate it, buddy. Good luck this weekend at Atomic and Brownstown, and thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, hopefully we get to do it this weekend. There's only about two inches of snow on the ground right now, <laughs> so hopefully that switches up. All right. Thanks, Hattie. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Yeah, have a good one. Thanks yeah. for having me. Turn, if I read those Twitter questions, oh, two inches, we can race. Yeah. It's not yeah. a problem. We are headed for a commercial break. The turn and suave block of the show. Coming up after this, you're watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. Mark Martin Automotive has franchise for Ford, Kia, Chevy, 
GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. We cover heavy-duty hauling or vehicles for the driving enthusiast. At any Mark Martin location, you'll find a large selection, variety, and great prices. MarkMartinAutomotive.com gives you 24-hour access to every location. Browse inventory, apply for credit, and schedule your delivery. We can arrange for delivery anywhere in the U.S. or pick you up at an airport. Give us a chance to earn your business, and you'll see why everyone wins at Mark Martin. Are you infected? Do you have the symptoms? It's called spring fever, and it's highly contagious. If you need the cure for spring fever, you'll find it at the 5th Annual MLRA Spring Nationals. Presented by RacingJunk.com. Two full nights of high-octane, late-model action at the Heartland's finest racing facility. Want more? There's great food, cold drinks, and midway attractions for all ages. It happens April 13th and 14th, and it's only at Lucas Oil Speedway in Wheatland, Missouri. For tickets and info, visit LucasOilSpeedway.com. Lucas Oil Speedway, the fastest in family fun. Late model racing Australia. This is a really cool deal that they put on, and uh, we're just having a blast parking by my bud here, Ryan. Uh, it's just it's just a really fun time. It just keeps growing, so I can't see why, why next year wouldn't be any bigger. Meanwhile, Peter goes, and it's all Jason Fitzgerald and Tyler Ab. Flying job for Ab. Can he pull it right? Yes, he can. Back to the race lead. Ab wins. Ab takes the win. Hell, I think there was, what, 29, 30 cars at, at every show, and that, that was way better than last year, so... Never know when we get back next year, there might be 50. Josh Richards in a backup car comes in the tail to win tonight at Golden Isles. Who's it going to be? At the line. Oh, no. I have no idea, but it looks like Shepard won. Shepard, your new leader. Checkered flag awaits. Here comes Madden, but Shepard will lead his flock to the promised land. He'll win a blue shot. A quick pass to half court and call a quick timeout so they can get in better shooting range. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Yes! just let's just drink that in let's just drink that in how mad are my kentucky subscribers right now i have an enormous kentucky subscription base what are we doing what a horrible turn why'd you put that in the show whoa 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 i'm sorry i love the <laughs> folks in the commonwealth but as a duke fan how do i not include the shot in in, in a march madness theme show i'm sorry big blue nation i am sorry I don't no, feel good not. about my blue devils. I don't feel good about my blue devils right now. So I, I had to play that to make me feel a little better. We roll into our March theme in this week's turns turn, which it created quite the debate in and around the turn. You really kicked up a shitstorm, for yeah. lack of a better term, yeah. in the office today. We almost had a mutiny on our hands, thanks to you. Yeah, yeah. It was almost. Uh, it almost got ugly. It actually. almost got ugly. Turn turn wanted to do something for turns turn, so then we threw out kind of debating on it, and then it became a total. Me- You'll see. You'll see in this week's turns turn. Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to keep dancing for that long because I'm not that good of a dancer. You're, you're right about that. Okay, go ahead. So there's a little bit of explaining that has to go into this. So we almost set the world on fire in the office today because yes. we decided to 
take uh, some different tours, and then we were going to seed those and take the champion of those. And I'm going to put the I was going to put the champion of those in a bracket, and uh, basically go out through there. So the debate was all about the seeding of the of the series. So you're ranking like the Outlaws, Lucasville, yes. Southern Nationals, yes. MLRA. You're, we're seeding them. Basically. So yes. we uh, in our communication uh, system, there was quite the debate going on about that that went on for at least a good half hour, forty five minutes uh, minimum. Minimum. With that, it's a little so, heat in there about yeah. who should be seated where as yeah. well. So. so anyway, I just wanted to uh, preface it with that so that we took the different series and we took eight series. Uh, and then we seeded the championship driver from 2017. Last year. Yes, last year. And I am going to basically fill out this bracket of what I would think would happen if these drivers went to Eldora and basically ran, say, the World 100. Because 100. if we're having the World 1, if we're having the Final Four, it's yeah, Eldora's it's, it's the gotta, place. It's got to right. be Eldora. Of course, of course. Yes. So here's the left half of the bracket. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this. Okay. So the one seed, we're revealing okay. the one seed, Josh, Josh one Richards seed. with Lucas Oil. I think... You know, we had a pretty pretty good idea that Lucas Oil was on the top. Yep, yep. Our eight seed coming in from the Ultimate Series is Tyler Millwood. Okay, okay. Our four seed, which this one, you know, I had a lot of hope for, Brandon Overton. Yes. From Sneaky the, uh, four seed. And Southern yes. Nationals. Yes. yes, yes. And then our number five seed was Terry Phillips from the MLRA yes, Series. Yes, yes, So let's take a look at the right side of the bracket now. Our two seed, Brandon Shepard, and it only makes sense that we had our two national tours. National tours got to be one yep. or two, and yep. I think if I you're like that. if you're seeding them right now, it might be a push with the talent yeah. on both of them. Last year, maybe a slight bump for the way some of the roster shook down with Lucas. Blah 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 blah. I don't want to get into all that, but they're the top two seeds, okay? Right. <laughs> so we have Brandon Shepard at the two seed because he won he won the Outlaw Series last year. Dona Marcoulier with the Ethanol Late That's Model right. Series, up and coming seed. tour, up and coming Cinderella story, maybe. Yes. Uh, and then down in the number three hole, we have Bobby Pierce from the Summer Nationals. And in the sixth seed, we have Jack Sullivan from the Comp Cam Series. So basically, I'm going to match these guys up, and I'm going to say, if they ran the World 100, They're all who do I think is going to finish ahead of the other? And that one would advance in that round. Okay. Hey, what so do you got? we're going to reveal the final four here. So just to go back, I'm going to show the other side one more time. Josh Richards, Tyler Millwood, Richards Brandon Overton. Millwood, Overton, and Phillips. Ladies and gentlemen, here we Back go. Shepard and Barcoulier, Pearson, Sullivan, Turd. How did it shake out? Final four, I have Josh Richards advancing, Brandon Shepard, Brandon Overton, and Bobby Pierce. No upsets. None. Chalk. And I think, I mean, what would your thoughts be on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you're probably right about that, I think. Uh, just because the guys like Millwood and Terry Phillips don't have just a million laps at Eldora, uh, obviously, Overton and Shepard and Richards and Pierce are all four very good at Eldora. So right. I can I can buy your March bracket here so far. I'll buy it. All right. Now I'm going to move down to the final two for our championship. Okay. So I'm going to eliminate two here. Oh, the Brandons. Here's some upsets, or at least one upset. Yes. Brandon Overton upsetting Josh Richards. Uh, Richards hasn't had the best track record at Eldora. I mean, he runs typically good there in the prelims and stuff yes. like that. But when it comes to, um, comes time for that 100-lap race, he just hasn't been there quite yet. So I had to go with Brandon Overton. Uh, finished, I believe, third or fourth last year in the World yeah, 100. Yeah, and we won a couple of prelims yep. here the last couple of and years. Then, yep. you know, Brandon Shepard, it's hard to go against him. Uh, but I'm judging these based on what they're in right now. I may have seeded them off of last year, but I'm judging them off of this year. Okay. And I think right now Brandon Shepard is just slightly better than Bobby Pierce. Okay. So now, who do you think I picked? Uh, I think you went Brandon Overton because I think you yeah there it is there it oh, is so good so <laughs> I didn't actually carrying, show you beforehand you did either. not he's carrying the banner for the yes. spring and southern national so 
I think it, right now, if you took everybody to Eldora and you raced the World 100, I think Brandon Overton would at least finish ahead of the people I had in that bracket. Not saying that Jonathan Davenport or somebody like right. that could have snuck out of there. Right, right. But as far as the bracket went, I would go with uh, Brandon I Overton. I like that. And Ray Cook right now, he's got to be so proud. He's like a proud like uh, athletic director at a small yeah. school. They get their four seed, they sneak through there, and they get the upset, and they win the turn. I like that turn. I like your bracket. That was that was good. I'm sure everyone will be mad at me after that. But <laughs> <laughs> Blame him, not me. I, I will, I will. Suave didn't get to get on the board this past weekend with Smoky Mountain weathering out. He's stuck at 500, but it's oh so early, so it doesn't matter much right now. What does matter, turn? <laughs> We've decided on the bet. Yep. So last year, you'll recall, for Suave's lock of the week, if he finished 500 or better, turn had to wear a dress. He didn't. He did not finish 500 or better, so there it is. Suave, he's so proud of those triceps. <laughs> Suave had to wear a dress. This year, the same parameters. If Suave finishes 500 better, he wins the bet. If he wins, finishes under 500, turn wins the bet. But it gets spicier. The loser this year has to get a dirt-on-dirt dirt tattoo. At the Gateway Dirt Nationals, a DOD tattoo will be applied to either turn or suave. Turn, how do you feel about it? I mean, I... I'm against it. I was against it from the beginning. I, I want nothing to do with that. Full disclosure, it's going to be a temporary tattoo. It's going to be a temporary. It's full disclosure. But the loser has to wear it turn for nearly one month, we decided, yeah. right? Yeah. Nearly one month of the D. Where are you going to turn? Where are you going to go? Like, be your big gun? Hey, how about tramp stamp turn? I'm, I might as well go all out. <laughs> if I lose, I mean, if Derek wins, he deserves it. So. <laughs> One month, a, a, a temporary dirt-on-dirt dirt tattoo. So we're talking through Christmas here, people. you got to yeah. go to holidays with a tramp stamp dirt-on-dirt dirt tattoo <laughs> on your back all the way through Christmas. Uh, turn, you're going to be fine again. He's not going to go 500. Yeah. So now we, I think we should go on Derek's forehead is where I think we I should like go. that. Although, if he gets a tramp stamp, you know he's oh, going to be showing it off. he's going to be flaunting yeah. it down Just there. like the dress. I, th I think thong plus tramp stamp. Oh, my. Enough of that. What is his uh, lock of the week this week? Swam's Lock of the Week. Mother Nature dealt the dirt late model world with a crappy hand, virtually canceling all the major events throughout the entire country this past weekend. And once again, turn gets lucky. But don't worry, Smoky Mountain and the World of Outlaws have rescheduled the event for the last weekend in April. Jonathan Davenport's going to cross the line. It's fifth Lucas Oil win of the season. This weekend, I take my talents to the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series where they have a doubleheader at Atomic in Brownstown. Book it right now. Jonathan Davenport will win at least once this weekend. Superman continues his early season dominance with the series and extends his points lead. Let's go, JD. Give me above 500 so Turn can get that tattoo in December. And that's Suave's Lock of the Week. It's it's such an awesome day. New year, but the same old squad. So give me the green light. Cause I'm ready to go. I just love that so much. <laughs> Tim Truex, so well done. Uh, Suave sitting at two and two right now. So we are we are months away from the tramp stamping of either Turd or Derek. We're going to take a break. We'll be back uh, for our final segment after this.
second time, Ricky Whites wins the feature. Trusted by champions. Bloomquist wins the dirt late monitoring. Stronger, lighter, and safer drive shafts than steel and aluminum. Extremely durable for worry-free performance. Proven in countless major events and crown jewel wins. Made in-house for late models, crates, and modifieds right here in the USA. Drive shafts, rod ends, ball joints, and shocks. QA1 does it all, and they do it well. Visit QA1.net. I want to toss out one more of those stats that you'll be seeing in quick time. This one is purse-related and not uh, series-related. Remember, these are 2000 through 14 through 2017 stats, the last four years, the race wire era, basically, of Dirt on Dirt. This one is for races paying $40,000 or more to win, so basically the best of the best events in our sport. We've had 31 of those events in the last four years. The average car count right at 70, 69.3, just a shade under, and the median car count is 65. Turn, we were debating. Do you think many of our fans know what median means? Because uh, it's a stupid. It, to me, median is a dumb term. Average, yeah. you know, it's above, below. You draw the line. It's it's nonsense to me. Yeah, I mean, if I had to figure it out, I'd still be like <laughs> circling and drawing lines through and stuff like that. So uh, let's just put it this way: average car count in races paying forty thousand dollars to win or more the last four years, right at seventy. I think uh, Dirt Late Model Racing would sign a contract for that the next decade if they could to keep that at 70. Don't forget, again, those are going to appear in quick time the next couple of months, which is Todd Turner and Andy Savory's brilliant Wednesday piece. Car count averages, statistics, series stats, driver stats, historical tidbits, top 25 statistics, and more. Wednesdays, people, check out quick time on Wednesdays. Just trust me on this. This stat stuff that we are doing is very comprehensive, and you cannot get it anywhere else. Speaking of things you can't get anywhere else, let's finish it off. Five to go. Number five, with Dixie raining out on Saturday, the Southern Nationals bonus series will start its season now. This Friday at Ray Cook's Tri-County Speedway in Brasstown, North Carolina. There's a stigma out there in the late model world that some of these red clay tracks in the south don't race that well, but Tri-County is the complete opposite of that. It races like a bull ring. It's high banked. There's always dudes throwing sliders. It's a busy weekend down south, so drivers are going to be scattered, but I like Casey Roberts in that blunt motorsports car for the win. Number four for the first time last year, the Southern All-Stars made their way to the Florida Panhandle where the aforementioned Casey Roberts swept the events at Southern Raceway in Milton. And they liked it so much they're going to do it again this year. Two complete shows this weekend. Four grand on Friday. Five grand to win on Saturday. Roberts not going to be there as he's headed to Tri-County in Tacoa, so there will be a no-repeat champion. No-repeat champ. How about this sneaky upset pick? Local boy Joseph Joyner gets one of the two on the weekend and makes good for the Panhandle gang in the Southern All-Stars upset. Number three, let's continue the Casey Roberts talk. The bonus series not only opens this season at Tri-County, but they come right back Saturday night at run at Tacoa in Georgia for a hefty purse of 6,400 to win this weekend under the radar. Roberts got the weekend sweep last year. He'll do the same this year, but not in Florida, in North Carolina and Georgia. Tri-County Friday, Tacoa Saturday. The 101 is going to come out strong this year, and it starts this weekend in North Carolina and Georgia. Okay, that's my last Casey Roberts mention turn, I promise. 
Number two, I told you the South was busy this weekend, and we've mentioned Georgia and North Carolina again. So how about some love for South Carolina? Lancaster Speedway, one of the biggest, nastiest, fastest tracks in the country is the paperclip will open the Carolina class season after Carolina Speedway was rained out last weekend. I had picked Zach Mitchell to win at Carolina and start his title defense off on the right foot, but I'm going to stick with it. Just shift the pick to Lancaster. He's going to be right back there in the 57 in victory lane. And number one, so many season-starting races for series across the country, and the Mississippi State Challenge Series is no different. We're going to Jackson. Turn that to Johnny Cash reference. 2,500 to win for the MSCCS. Gavin Landers was good at Springfield. we got to get back to Jackson, by the way. Look how old this video is, old Lucas Oil video. we got to get back there. I think Gavin does get back there and wins this weekend. That was five to go. Turn, a lot of coverage coming up, if the good Lord willing and the weather cooperates. Where are we going to be at this week in Shameless Plugs? We are going to be a lot of places, like you said. Uh, <laughs> weather permitting, obviously, we're praying that it gets in. Lucas Oil, Atomic, Lucas Oil, Brown Sound that we talked about in our interview with Eddie Carrier and Hudson O'Neill. Southern All-Stars at Southern Raceway. Uh, Southern Nationals Bonus Series at Tri-County and Tacoa, And then Carolina Clash at Lancaster. We have uh, pay-per-views coming up, of course. We like to remind you of those weekly. The Thaw Brawl, or as people say, the Thaw Brawl at LaSalle, March 30th and 31st at Tony Izzo's. Uh, this field is going to be good this weekend, by the way. Both major touring series are off. It's going to be really good. A lot of Lucas, a lot of Outlaw, a lot of Midwestern guys. We will be live both nights from there. Turn what else? Macon, Lucas. Again, like I said last week, one of my favorite events. Uh, I mean, that's always a good show down there. You put uh, you put that many cars on a fifth-mile track, and you're you're bound to see some action. Uh, you know, So definitely order your package that night, April 28th. And breaking news, uh, we will announce this tonight. We have more pay-per-view announcements coming up. But for the first time ever, the Jackson 100 in September will be broadcast live. Right here at DirtOnDirt.com, September 21st and 22nd. The Jackson 100. We thought with the icebreaker running this weekend, it would be a good time to announce it. We're working closely with Jim Price on this. The Jackson 100, September 21st and 22nd, live at DirtOnDirt.com. You can watch every single lap. Uh, more than likely both nights turn, but it's a little bit of a shuffled format. So the point is the Big E on Saturday. Watch yeah. it live right here at DirtOnDirt.com. The Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section, I got an email from someone that said, why do you always say Memorial? He's not dead. And I say, I say that every week. I know that he's dead. What happens when Kovac really does go? Memorial, Memorial? Double Memorial. Yeah, I like double that Memorial. Term. Ray Cook, I mentioned, was supposed to have, here's my notes. Ray Cook was supposed to have his first race this past weekend under the new Droop rule. We still have not had it yet because Dixie rained out. We will have it this weekend. Turn, show the trophy that he had for it. <laughs> very cool. I love that. Very clever, very creative. Uh, Ray playing on it a little bit with the chains. That was to be the first Droop Rule trophy. I love that. By the way, thank you, Travis Pennington, for delivering for me. I picked you last weekend, giving you the magic after helping me with the car. And then I said, I got to pick him. Travis Pennington wins at MODOK. That was awesome. Thank you very much. Billy Moyer Jr. turn. You need the cigar out. Yeah. Congratulations to him and his lovely wife for having a baby girl this past week. Uh, baby and uh, mom and everybody seem to be healthy, healthy. So congrats to BMJ on that. Uh, some of you know in our world there's spoof accounts out there. Uh, at not Mark Richards, at not World of Outlaws, at not Lucas. There's an at not Dirt on Dirt, and I've always said I wish he was a little funnier. I think he could be funnier if he turned. I think he should give me control of the at not Dirt on nah, Dirt account. That's no. no fun. Anyway, at not Dirt on Dirt sends this garbage up this week. Turn read it. <laughs> 
I like it because it's bashing Duke in a way. Shut up, turn and read it. Remember to join our Dirt on Dirt group for the ESPN Bracket Challenge. Group name, we tripping for Grayson. Hashtag Dukeway. Yeah, at not Dirt on Dirt. And I seriously, yeah. Derek says he knows who it is. I do not. This guy can bite my butt. There, I said it right there. Grayson, tripping Grayson. I, uh, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the Grayson uh, question and, and fast talk as well. Yeah, well, everyone's crazy, okay? It's a hip check, people. Calm the frick down. If this was the old Big East, I'd be, okay, now I'm mad turn. Uh, finally, week two, Dirt Million standings, of course. Pierce, Bloomquist, Moran, and Max Blair still in the top four. Good job, Max. Those four right now would be the provisionals for the Dirt Million in August. The purse, by the way, now, this race is now a $150,000 to win, 3000 to start event, and we got five months to go. So uh, things still heating up on the Dirt Million front. First glance at the weather for the weekend. Overall solid, not perfect. You're never going to get perfect in March or April in outdoor sporting events. But good enough, like I feel, we won't have to do the same scenario we had last week, turn where literally everything was wiped out. I think it'll be better on Friday and Saturday. DOD is the place to be this weekend, though. Don't forget our race wire coverage every night. Live updates from Atomic to Carolina. Uh, to the Carolinas and everywhere in between. Go to the App Store if you haven't, by the way, and check it out. Our app, download our app from the App Store or on the Google Play Store for the folks that have Android out there. Highlights, interviews, everything in between. We've got you coming. Check that schedule page out. For Derek, for Turn, for myself, and for Grayson Allen, (laughs) we are off next week, so we will see you in two weeks right back here on the set for Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. See you in a couple of weeks. Good luck. Go Duke!